goodness. So thank you so much. Um, so I, um, I'm just going to share, not long. Um, I, you know, just praying about tonight, I, there's a few things that God has been speaking to me about, and I'm really actually working through some unanswered questions with him, some uneasy questions, um, things that I wanted to run from, things that I was like, no, but God, you're good. Um, and he's just like, I'm not intimidated by your questions. Come and embrace. And I thought, no, well, I'm only going to preach or speak again once I've sorted out those questions. <laughs> I don't know if any of you feel like that sometimes. You're like, when that's sorted, then I will. And he's just like, in, in the process, I want you to, to be bold. In the process, I want you to stand up and I want you to share. And um, so there were three things that God had sp- spoken to me about this year prophetically and what does this year hold. And so that on the side, and, and so I knew Celebrate Sunday was coming, and I was praying, and I was reading through the scripture, but nothing was coming, and that scripture, and I even went to Henny in the week, and I'm like, Henny, help me, <laughs> you know? and, um, and I just felt God saying, I will speak when you need to, when you need to hear, and yeah, and so I just rested in that, and as I, as I sat down and prepared, I felt him saying, I want you to prophetically declare what this year is going to hold. And I was just like, sure, but Lord, what? What if it's not? You know, what if? And I just tested this stuff with Stefan, and he had a witness. And so I want to share tonight what I believe 2018 is going to hold. And whoever is hungry for what I'm going to share, God has it ready for you. So um, be open. I trust that what I'm going to share is going to be confirmation to many of you. It's not going to be new. Um, and that tonight you will be able to respond and to say yes. Um, and as you say yes, that he will unlock, and he will go forth, and he will make the way. And so um, I love the prophetic, and a part of the prophetic is numbers. Um, And what does numbers signify? So 2018, okay, so I've titled the sermon sermon 2000 and our, our 2018 inheritance. Please excuse spelling. I've asked Stefan to check it, but as a mom of two, the fact that I've got slides is really... Yeah, um, we, I was just busy like holding the baby and typing and, you know, making Benjamin a bottle and stuff. But okay, so eight for me was the number. Eight in the Hebrew means chet, which is new beginnings. Okay. Um, it is also a fence. So to me, a fence is moving into new space. It, it, it sort of defines a new place moving from one space into the next, um, the new beginnings. It can also signify an inner room or even the heart. And so I, um, I looked at eight and I, there was a prophetic word that came through and I was just reading through it and there were some things that stood out to me and as I was reading it, I felt, but wow, I was like, okay, God, so those are things that you've shared in my life and now you're confirming it through this word and I felt God saying, but it's not just for you, Lauren. I've, it's a prophetic word for the church. Um, and so I was like, okay, in faith, I'm going to declare these things um, and trust that if it is true, it will come to pass. Okay, and so the first one, the eight, I'm going to read um, Genesis 17, verse 12. It says, for the generations to come, ooh, I've, okay. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised. So the context, this is God speaking to Abraham, and he's saying of all the males on the eighth day, 
they will be circumcised. The circumcision is a, signif- is a signifying covenant. And so I believe that this is, year is a year of covenant. I said it previously and God confirmed it, which was such a blessing to me, is that it's a year of godly marriages. It's a year where barren wombs will have babies. Um, it is also a year where the family will increase. So I believe God just said, for the, for the church family, I've established what I need to establish. I will increase the family. I will bring people. There will be new birth. There will be new life. There will be new covenant. But also, that covenant is God coming to say, I'm going to establish covenant love in the hearts of so many. Okay, I'm going to come and show you what is lust, what is self-seeking love, and what is covenant love. Okay, and so I went and I was like, why the eighth day? And so often, biblically, um, things were prophesied in the Bible, and they would be proven by them coming to pass. There were other things that were declared in the Bible, often beforehand, but later on they were scientifically proven. So here, this was something that God declared the eighth day, but it, there was no proof as to why it was on the eighth day. Okay, I just want to read from a reliable source. <laughs> hey, Henny, reliable source. <laughs> Make sure that your resources are sound. Okay. In 1935, I'm going to read it because it's easiest. I want you to just stay with me. Are you guys with me? Okay. This is amazing. In 1935, Professor H. Dam proposed the name vitamin K for the factor in foods that help prevent hemorrhaging in baby chicks. We now know vitamin K is responsible for the production of the element known as prothrombin. If vitamin K is deficient, there will be a prothrombin deficiency and hemorrhaging may occur. Oddly, it is only on the fifth through the seventh day of a newborn male's life that vitamin K is present in adequate quantities. Vitamin K coupled with prothrombin causes blood coagulation, which is important in any surgical procedure. Holt and McIntosh, in their classic work, Holt Pediatrics, observed that a newborn infant has peculiar susceptibility to bleeding between the second and fifth days of life, hemorrhaging at this time, though often inconsequential, are sometimes extensive. It's a lot of big words. Um, I trust that you are with me. Um, They may produce serious damage to internal organs, especially to the brain, and cause death from shock Obviously, then, if vitamin K is not produced in sufficient quantities until days five through seven, it would be wise to postpone any surgery until sometime after that. Okay. Um, sure. Okay. So, scientifically, God knew that the circumcision, a sign of the covenant, was actually only going to be a blessing to the child once they have enough of those vitamin K so that they don't hemorrhage during surgery. And I just felt God saying this year, there's a grace to allow the circumcision of your heart to the degree that you are not going to hemorrhage. Okay, there are areas in your life that you have not had the grace to go to that will establish covenant love because previously you did not have the foundation of love, the foundation of character, the foundation of whatever you need to allow that surgery to take place. Okay, I believe specifically God is performing a covenant love that is going to show you what, is it, what does it look like to pursue, what does it look like to sacrifice, what is it, just 
sacrificial love, um, a love that does not compare or perform, a love that is not self-seeking, that is not self-physically satisfying, a love that, that produces fruit, a love that is not formed by independence and keeping people there, but a love that breaks down boundaries and allows people to come in and trust. And so if there's an area of your life that I believe has been in the dark or an area that you said, God, don't go there, I can't deal, this is the year that he's saying, I want to deal because I want to establish within you an ability to love and both in your relationships with people, specifically in relationships with the church, okay, we often keep ourselves here, we find our commitment through contributing because we're scared of getting hurt, but God is saying, if you allow me to come in and you allow me to guide you, then I will establish that covenant love. Okay, so he's wanting us to let go of the things of the past. He's wanting us to let go of Egypt. (laughs) He's wanting us to let go of the comforts of holding everything together, control. And he's saying, I want you to allow me to come in. There's grace for me to come and work within you this year. Okay, let go of the former things. Let go of the entitlement. Um, there's also a place of establishing first that covenant love of new beginnings, okay? That new beginning, especially in the relationship with him. First of all, we commit to Jesus. And some of us actually haven't even made that first decision to say, Jesus, I surrender. I choose you first. I want to I let go of my you know, my controls and my ideas of what a relationship with you looks like. And I want to say yes to salvation. I want to say yes to you. Okay, the second thing um, is open doors. Leviticus 8.33 says, and you shall not go outside. Let me just give context. This is um, Moses, and they're going through a seven-day anointing consecration process with Aaron and the sons. Okay, so you can go read the whole of Leviticus 8. It's a, it, it sets it up. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have time to read all of it, but it's really just, you know, take the lamb and do the sacrifice and pour oil, and there's a lot of processes that are taking place, okay? And that's for seven full days where they're inside the tabernacle, and God is investing, and there's a process of preparing and anointing, okay? And then it says... And you shall not go outside the door of the tabernacle of meeting for seven days until the days of your consecration are done. For seven days he shall consecrate you. And on the eighth day he will release you. (laughs) Okay, so I believe this year some of you have been saying, God, where are you? I really felt you saying and you speaking to me about certain things, but I'm not seeing anything in the natural. Actually, in the natural, it's looking quite chaotic and almost like you haven't provided, okay? But the confidence does not lie in... The, the, the circumstances, the confidence lies in the fact that what he has done in those seven days, okay? In those seven days, he has anointed and he has prepared and he has consecrated you. So when the doors open, you walk in the boldness that he has gone ahead. He has prepared the way. He has made the platform, okay? This is in the workplace. These are dreams. I feel like some of you, God has been speaking to you for a while about certain things and you're waiting for someone else to acknowledge it. Okay? But he's saying the door is open. I want you to pursue. I want you to walk forward. I remember um, God had always called me for preaching from a young, young age, but early on in my journey with him. And I always thought someone's going to have a word and go, Lauren, you have a call. You know, some people, they did say that, okay? but they weren't people of influence. Okay? <laughs> it was 
the people, the facilitators at Legacy and Liberty, which was so foundational and so needed because they were confirmations of what, what God had said, but there was no one in authority that had seen it, okay? So I was like, well, I'm just going to wait, you know, until that happens. And um, Stefan and I, I think you were there, I'm not sure... No, maybe not. We had a, um, I had a date with Heinrich and Nikki. I was new to Joburg. And um, I'd actually gone to see them about something totally different. And I just start saying, God has called me to preach. And I'm ready to preach. And when is the opening on the preaching roster? And I'm like, what? What is coming out of my mouth? This is pride. This is, you know. And God's like, No. No, I've called you to preach, and now is the time. And how would Heinrich have known that that is a passion on your heart? Um, and he has the choice to see whether it is my time or not. But I can go, and I can say, this is my heart. This is my passion. I want, my heart is, is to do this. I believe God has called me. And, and, and there's your choice as to whether you're going to release me into it. Um, and so... And so I just, I want to declare that this year is going to be a year of open doors for influence. It's going to be a year of open doors um, for God providing in areas of the things that you have experienced um, a calling for and a passion for. It's going to be open doors for provision and breakthrough. Um, but God is just saying, do not look to yourself. Do not look to yourself to make it happen. You, it needs to come out of a place of rest, Okay. Um, and I'm saying that for, for those that have experienced that confirmation that this is the year, okay? Some of you are still in the process. Some of you still need to wait in the inner room. God is still anointing and consecrating. And stay there. Be patient because when he does release, he wants you to flourish. He doesn't want you to maintain that um, position of, a, of influence or that platform if it happens prem- prematurely. Um, and we were actually, um, Henny and I were chatting in this week, and he reminded me of something. Um, he was saying that we, someone had said a, a prophetic word or a promise that comes to pass, um, it's as dangerous if it's too early as, it, as if it is too late. So a baby has an appointed time to come. It's dangerous for the baby to become prematurely because a lot of the stuff isn't developed, their lungs, their brain. But it's also dangerous for a baby to come too late, okay? Um, there are consequences for the mother. And so you can really trust God that the birthing is going to happen at a time that the baby is going to flourish um, the most. Okay. Third thing, um, his presence. Oh, his presence. It's so good to just... Yeah, I experience his presence, and I, I really um, realize as a mom that, that that manifest presence, you can't, I can't just think it's going to happen in worship. <laughs> it can't just happen in times that, that are suited to me or suited to God. I have to, I have, to have that hunger and desire for his presence um, in the everyday thing because that is what in his presence is the fullness of joy. And so often I do experience a lack of joy when I'm going on my own strength and I haven't acknowledged, just, it doesn't have to be, you know, hours of pressing in for his presence, just that acknowledgement. God, your presence. God, you are here. You are with me. Um, and sometimes, yeah, it requires something small in, in the everyday life, but it's just that stopping and that saying, that is first and foremost what I'm hungry for. Okay, Leviticus 9, um, 1 to 4 says, On the eighth day, remember we're going on 2008, 
Hey, we've we got that, hey? Okay, okay. On the eighth day, Moses summoned Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, take a bull calf for your sin offering and ram for your burnt offering, both without defect, and present them before the Lord. Then say to the Israelites, take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, both a year old and without defect, for a burnt offering, and an ox and a ram for a fellowship offering to sacrifice before the Lord together with a grain offering mixed with oil. There's a lot of offerings there. Um, but that's not the, pro- the reason why I'm focusing on the scripture. Um, it says, for today the Lord will appear to you. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And that's, this is later on, verse 23. It says, so they've done all of that. They've got the ox, they've got the land. But no, what's so funny? <laughs> There's something there that I missed. the spit bra is coming soon Um, then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar when all the people saw it they shouted and fell on their faces and it's just it's just whatever it is that you're bringing to God whatever that offering might be um, he is saying he is pleased with it, and he's saying that he will come and he will appear um, to you. So I believe 2018 again, if you really have a hunger for God, like you, Tommy said, not just in the difficult times, but in an everyday life when things are going well, and you say, God, may the glory, may I see the glory of the Lord, and we've seen ta- tastes of it, we've seen glimpses of it, but I believe that this year he really wants to pour out more of his spirit. He's wanting to reveal his face, and some of you sort of discount yourself, and I just felt God just saying, do not discount yourself for an encounter with him. If you really do bring, and so often those sin offerings, we, there's so much shame, and I've, there have been two or three people that have come to me in the last two weeks and said they're struggling with lust, and these are not just, well, they're not guys, they're girls, okay? We think it's only men that struggles with lust, but there are girls that struggle with lust as well, and it brings shame, and it brings whatever the sin might be, and for, for myself, um, God is saying, I want you to bring the, your impatience, <laughs> and it's almost been spoken over me my whole life. I was told, you're so impatient, you're so impatient, and I used to justify and say, no, but I am driven, and I'm effective, and stuff must happen now, because you know, and then the Lord gives me Stefan as a husband, and... <laughs> If I am fast, Stefan is slow. <laughs> but my, my sister said, and this, uh, you know, this, the second last one, I'm going to finish in the next five minutes, but God just said, Lauren, you're a rearing horse ready to go, and Stefan is your tranquilizer. <laughs> and I have to repent to him often, because in my hastigness and busyness, he gets the, the brunt of, you know, whatever it might be. Could you not have done this or that? Yes, I do do that. And I have to repent. And it's not nice. It's not pretty. And God is just saying, this is, we're going to touch on this this year, Lauren. (laughs) This is what I want you to bring to me. And I want you to be okay with me showing you because I value effectiveness. I value multitasking, getting the most out of things. And, and that's not, that's not bad. It's not bad. But it shouldn't be to the cost of relationship. It shouldn't be to the cost of someone else that does something differently that my way is better, because that's pride. <laughs> um, there's a place and there's a reason why God has brought Stefan and I together. And so whatever that thing is, 
um, that, that almost brings shame and guilt because, again, I struggled with it. Again, I failed. And God is saying, come, let me get to the root. Let's not just change behavior. Let's not just try and fix this thing. Let's deliver you of this thing. And as you deliver of that thing, the presence of God is just, it's not so much the presence of God was not there. It's not, it, the veil is lifted in a sense so you can experience it more fully. Some people are laughing in the audience, and I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> the last thing, his resurrection power. Luke 24. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the w- tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the, the body of Jesus. And the first day there, if you look at the previous seven days as a completion of a cycle, the first day is then ultimately the eighth day. And I really believe this year, in 2018, God has just been saying, I'm going to manifest my power. I'm going to pour out my power, my resurrection power. And it's an area that I've been avoiding because there are too many unanswered questions around the power of God. There are too many disappointments around healing. There are too many unknowns of why, why not. And God is just saying, come. He says, I want you to be a powerful person. I want you to see that the power that rests upon you will glorify my name. I want you to hold, stop holding back for praying for the healing and for the deliverance and for the provision and for the breakthroughs because you so fear disappointment. So it does, God, will prove himself, God has proven himself faithful. I don't need to try and prove him faithful. He is who he says he is. And he engages us in those questions and he says, come to me with those questions, but keep the focus the focus. <laughs> Keep the focus on praying for the sick and seeing the lost come to salvation and seeing those that are weary and broken and d- depressed come into freedom. And I believe this is a massive thing in the church um, is that we engage God in a certain part of who He is. We say, I will know you, Jesus. I will know you, Holy Spirit. I will know you, Father. But there's certain parts that I'm not willing to engage because it's too, it requires too much of me. Um, it means that I have to open up my heart. It means that I need to be bold and step forward. And God is just saying again, my grace is sufficient for you, my, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so you, if you feel you have a weakness in this area or area of praying or speaking to people or whatever, how much is your desire to glorify his name? Is your desire to glorify him more than, your des- than the weakness or the, lack of fa- the fear of failure? And so I just, I just, yeah, I, I just felt, yeah, I, I felt God, okay, but if we're going to do this, I remember um, the last three years, the, the, um, the scripture that's God given me each year is, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And um, two years ago, God established a sound mind. Last year, it was really a year of love. And he's saying, those things are crucial to the releasing of my power. Because if, you're mo- if, you're mi- if your mind is sound, Christ-like, able to partner with the word and what it says it is, you are able to face the doubts and the fears and the confusion that comes and partnering in, 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 in my thoughts and, and thinking above, focusing on heavenly things, and love is your motivation, I can release my power. <laughs> I can entrust power because power has been abused. 
But God is saying, you cannot partner without my power. Power is an essential part of who I am. And so in a healthy environment, he's saying, I'm going to teach you about what does it look like to, to be a powerful, submitted Christian, <laughs> surrendered to the Spirit. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.jarberg.